We're going to look at just a couple of verses uh, this morning and um, kind of just a little uh, what I think um, will be a short sermon, uh, but you had an extra hour of sleep, so I ought to have an extra hour to preach, right? Uh, and so uh, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Maybe short, who knows? Uh, but um, if you're looking at the bulletin, you see I don't have the two points, but uh, we'll see what I can turn two points into. Uh, John had the privilege uh, of God using him uh, to write the final five books uh, of the New Testament. Now, they may not appear that way uh, in your Bible, uh, but actually, chronologically, uh, John wrote the final five. The Gospel of John, uh, then 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then the book uh, of Revelation. Uh, and we're going to look at the passage today uh, that I think really tells us why John wrote all five. Uh, that revealed to us his, uh, his thinking, what God was uh, moving on him, what God, uh, the Holy Spirit impressed uh, upon John. Uh, I have, uh, again, as I said last week, I haven't really talked about it that much, but uh, uh, I labeled this series uh, that you may know. Uh, and that comes directly from uh, John. He says here in this passage, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know uh, that you have uh, eternal life. Uh, what John says to us there is that there is no reason uh, for a child of God when asked, uh, are you a believer? Are you going to heaven? Uh, do you know Jesus? However the question is asked, there is no reason for a believer to ever respond with, I hope so, or I think so, or, you know, I sure hope so. You know, we'll see uh, anything of the sort. John says, I wrote these things that you may know. Uh, that a person who is a child of God uh, can respond to that question uh, absolutely, without a doubt, yes, I am a child of God. I've written these things that you may know that you have eternal life. John understands and John knows uh, that it is imperative uh, that we have uh, that confidence. In fact, uh, in our passage today, John's going to use the word confidence. He knows uh, that it is imperative uh, that we have that confidence. Without that confidence in our relationship with God, without that confidence in our salvation, we are not going to be very effective witnesses. I've used the analogy before, if I'm climbing up the side of a mountain and I start to slip and you say, help me, I'm falling, I'm probably not going to be much help to you until I'm certain I've got myself uh, well anchored. And Satan knows that. And, and so a believer uh, who is in a hope so, think so, wait and see uh, kind of attitude is not going to be uh, very effective uh, for the kingdom of God. And so John uh, and God himself want us uh, to be positive uh, that we have uh, eternal life because then uh, we will be certain of some of the benefits that come with uh, eternal life. 
that we will be certain uh, of some of the things that come to us uh, because uh, we have eternal life. I want to look at uh, two of them this morning, and that's uh, really these two, or uh, if we grasp these two, uh, we will be uh, head and shoulders above uh, of many uh, who proclaim uh, to be believers. Uh, John writes in, beginning in uh, verse 13, he says again, uh, those words, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. First thing John wants us to understand, that he wants us uh, to experience, is a boldness in our relationship. John wants us as believers to be bold in our relationship. I can, uh, are, are, there, are there things that uh, sometimes uh, people might say uh, that when you hear them, you just kind of cringe a little bit? Uh, yeah, I don't know what, everybody's probably got a, uh, a different list. Uh, you know, kind of like it's kind of like fingernails on a chalkboard to you. If somebody uh, says something, uh, you know, it just kind of uh, makes you draw up a little bit. I think I may be wrong, but I think one of them for Tommy over here is if, if Tommy. I, I don't think I've ever heard it not happen. If somebody says something about, uh, I'm afraid it's going to rain. Tommy says, "Oh, don't be afraid. God doesn't want us to be afraid. He says we don't have the spirit of fear." I think that bothers Tommy. Am I, am I wrong? Uh, when somebody talks about me? Yeah, I, I think that's the, one of those things. And, and, and you know, you may have, that don't even mean necessarily uh, scriptural or spiritual, but just certain things uh, bother you. Uh, you know, like when I hear somebody say the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, it just, yeah, that just, you know, it just kind of makes me, I know it does, Kenny. Uh, yeah, it, it just, uh, you know, it just makes us draw up uh, a little bit. Well, I can only imagine that for John, when John heard somebody, if John heard somebody say, uh, hey, are you going to heaven when you die? And they said, well, I hope so. John just like, yeah, it, just, you know, it just drove him nuts to hear uh, somebody say that. You going to heaven when you die? Well, I think so. Well, I want to. I, I, John, I, I can only, you know, it, 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 just, it just caused him to cringe uh, when he heard that. Because he says, I want you to have boldness in your relationship. I want you to live a life where you have no doubt. He says here, uh, I want you to know that you have eternal life. Uh, and he says, that's my, my, my purpose. And, and a lot of people don't understand that. Did you know that you can know that you have eternal life? You can know that, John says. John says we don't have to guess, we don't have to hope. We can know that we have eternal life. Most of us get right bold when we know something. Yeah, when we are positive of something, we know the answer. Uh, we get uh, most of us get pretty bold uh, about knowing the answer. Yeah, uh, when the teachers ask a question in class and you actually, you know, for once are awake and you know the answer, you're like. Yeah, you, you, you ever been in a class? You, you remember going back to school? You remember that? You know, when the teacher would ask a question, they'd be killing. They wanted to answer that one. I finally know the answer to the question, teacher. Please call on me, 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 
thing. They really they get bold when they know the answer. And John says, I want you to be bold in your walk with the Lord because you know the answer. You know that you are a child of God. You know you are saved. Don't have to doubt it. Don't have to guess about it. Don't have to wonder about it. He says a believer can be assured of eternal life. We can have that confidence. And, and, and notice this. He says that we are, what he's saying is we are perfectly assured. We are perfectly assured. We are, uh, we've experienced eternal life and we know that we had that. We, by experience, we know beyond any shadow uh, of a doubt. God does not want us to question. He does not want us to doubt. John tells us here, uh, look what he says uh, in, these, uh, in this verse. When he says to us, he says in verse uh, 13 again, he says, well, if I get in the right book here, it'll be amazing what will happen. Uh, he says to us, uh, that I write these things to you that believe in the name of the Son of God, uh, that you may know that you have eternal life. What's he saying? He says, I write these things. So the first thing John tells us is we can know we have salvation. Why? Because of the Word of God. The Word of God tells us we have salvation. It says that in the name of Christ we're saved, and only by the name of Christ. It tells us we put our confidence in Him. Over and over, uh, the New Testament tells us emphatically, just as John has written here, he says, I have written these things. He says all these things, uh, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Revelation, my buddy Paul, he wrote all of his letters. These were written, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they wrote so that we could read the Word of God, we could know how to be saved, and we could be assured that we have that relationship with Jesus Christ. How do we know? Things like Paul said. Paul said all the old things that passed away, the things we used to love, now we hate. The things we used to hate, now we love. Paul says there will be a change in us when we know Jesus Christ. John says, I have written these things. His Word declares to us that we can know that we have it. The Word of God tells us how to be saved. It tells us how we know we're saved. It tells us what's going to happen because we're saved. He says the Word of God, he says, is for us, is there to assure us that we have salvation. I write these things that you may know. He says, I write these things that you may know, as he goes on. Uh, if you look at the rest of that verse, he says, I, I write uh, these things to you who believe in the name of Jesus. How else does he say? He says, we can be bold because these things are written. He says, we can be bold because we believe on the name of Jesus Christ. The only name whereby man must be saved. The only name where salvation comes from. That we believe on the name of Jesus. He says we receive eternal life then by continuing to believe. The word that he uses is we're continuing to believe on Jesus Christ. What he's doing here, and this is important for us, John is writing to believers. John is writing to Christians. And he says to them that, uh, he says that they may believe on the name of Jesus. 
Well, don't believers already believe in the name of Jesus? Yeah. He's, but what he says here is then they continue to believe. They are continuing to follow that our belief, our faith endures that we continue to follow Jesus Christ. What he's saying to us today, and this is brutal for some people, is that those who have said they were saved and then are able to walk away from that faith, from that statement. What I, what I think John is saying, and again, this is going to be brutal for some people. John is not saying that a whole lot of the people that you and I have labeled as backslidden are backslidden. What John is saying is they weren't ever saved to begin with. Now, I know that is brutal for some people because of certain family members in their family, because of friends and loved ones. But John is saying here that a believer continues to believe. A believer continues to follow Jesus Christ. My father-in-law puts it like this. A faith that fizzles before the finish was flawed from the start. If we can walk away from it, was it ever genuine to begin with? What we have labeled in many cases as backslidden is not backslidden. It is lost. I don't think on the authority of Scripture that a person can ever taste of Jesus Christ and wander away from Him and stay there long. Now I know that's... Yeah, I know that. Especially depending on, again, family members, friends, loved ones. But here's the reality. You and I need to grasp that and understand that, that, that our loved ones, and we're... we're a lot of times labeled as backslidden, what they need is Jesus Christ. And therefore, we need to be busy about telling them. You still love me? I'm just trying to tell you the truth this morning. There's a lot of people labeled as backslidden. They're not backslidden because they never forward slid to begin with. John says they continue to believe. They continue to follow in the faith. Listen, a believer, he says, they are bold in their relationship. Listen, if a person can walk away and abandon the teachings and abandon the things of Jesus Christ, I believe when you read Scripture, it's pretty clear evidence that they never knew Jesus to start with. Listen, if a person knows the Son of God and he has, um, he's asked Christ in the heart, it's almost impossible for him to walk away because he's going to be the most miserable human being on the planet. 
You ever, you ever got a little bit out of the will of God? You ever had sin in your life? God's got a way of getting a hold of you and getting your attention, doesn't He? Somebody that can just completely walk away from that statement of faith. You've got to wonder, did that statement ever, were they ever genuinely saved? Some people today believe you can't know for certainty. That's not what Scripture says. Some people believe today, you, no, you can know, John says, you can know. You, 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 a lot of people think you just got to wait till you get to the end. But John blows that nonsense apart. And he says, I write these things that you may know. I want to ask you a question. Do you really think what you know of God of the Bible, that God wants His people to go through life worried and scared and fearful, that they're going to get to the end of their life and He's going to say, Oh, well, sorry, you missed it by this much. No. Read the New Testament. We've got words again, like John said, of no. We've got words, like John said, of confidence. That's the person that God wants. That's the kind of God wants. He gives us, we've already been through some of the tests that John lays out for us. John says you can tell if you are a child of God. I remember several years ago, oh, a good many years back now, I, I, I remember some of you, uh, if you, if you remember this, if you're in, you remember the NFL went on strike, I don't know, been 20 years or so ago. And I read somewhere that they had a real complicated physical for the replacement players they brought along. They'd protect, and they'd take a mirror and put it in front of them and tell them to breathe on it. And if they could fog it up, they passed. Yeah. That was the test. Yeah. You good, you can play. Listen. John says, I got some tests. Here they are. And you can know if you are a believer. And it is crucial to our spiritual health to have that confidence and to have that belief. J.C. Rowell, I, I, I love uh, his writings. He says, faith is the root and assurance is the flower. Doubtless you can never have the flower without the root, but it is no less certain you may have the root and not the flower. You have got to have the assurance of your faith. John wants us to have a bold and a boldness in our relationship. Second thing, and here's why that boldness is so important, because it leads us directly into what John says next. John says not only as believers do we have boldness, should have boldness, in our relationship, but he says that we should have a belief in his response. What he says in verse 14, 15. And this, here's that word, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we what? Know that he hear us. Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. I want to ask you a question based on two verses. Does John sound like a hope-so-think-so-want-to-be kind of guy? John says, I have confidence. I have confidence that I know. I know what I know. He says, the second thing, the thing that comes out of our boldness in our relationship is then that we have a belief in a response that we can pray and God Himself hears our prayer. 
John says, I want you to have that confidence. Assurance of salvation is so important because John then says, because of that, we can have a strong prayer life. I want you to think about that for a moment. If a person is struggling with confidence of their salvation and their relationship with God, are they going to be very bold and very confident in their prayer life? Not likely. Somebody, go back to your childhood. Money, I'll wait. It'll take you a minute to get there. You've got to go further than some of the others. Go back to your childhood. Do you remember doing something and angering your parents, mother, father, and or father, mother, father? And then you needed something from them. It was really hard to go ask them for something when you just brought home that report card, wasn't it? When you just brought home that letter from the teacher, it was really hard to go bouncing in there and say, Mama, can I go skating tonight? I won't call no names, but some live closer to the skating rink than others. And then, you know, they can really identify with that illustration. Can't you, Melissa? Uh, I thought I was going to call it an yeah. you, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You brought home that letter from school that said, teacher said he's been acting crazy, running, talking, talking back, uh, doing all this, and then you want to go skating tonight? You must be out of your mind. Oh, come on. Y'all looking at me like y'all are a bunch of saints and you never got a letter home from your teacher. Please. Hell, Wilson. You, your teacher just had your mom and daddy on speed dial. Yeah. You knew when it was really bad. Remember those? You know, they'd take them. You knew that note was really bad when they'd take it and pin it to your shirt. You ever had one of them? You knew that was bad. Or one of them, when she'd hand it to you, she'd hand it to you and say, have your mama sign this and send it back. Want to make sure mama read it and you didn't put it in the trash can. Y'all are killing me up here. Kenny Mercer sitting over there all holy like you. Come on now. There's a couple of you I'm looking around. Y'all might have y'all might have slid by all. Diane never got a note from a teacher in her life. I, 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 you saw some of Tommy's though, didn't you? Yeah. But you knew when you came home with that note or that report card of all those bad grades, or you know, or you'd been real smart and scratched your name in the side of your daddy's car. Y'all want me to call names? Mother? Uh, you know, y'all, you, you knew when you'd done something like that. My mother loves her name. She's just fascinated by it. She just learned to spell it a few weeks ago. She's fascinated by her. Everywhere you look, her name. She's fascinated by it. Right on the side of her daddy's car. You knew better than to go walking in and say, Hey, can I have $10 to go to the movies? Did you? 
Hmm? What do you do when your kid comes in? When the girls came home with them report cards and them letters from the teachers and they come in and wanted to go to skate rink or the movies. I just see Kenny now. Now Kenny probably Kenny give it to him, didn't he, Sherry? He just did Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. Boldness of salvation, assurance in our salvation leads to confidence and boldness in our prayer. I would submit to you this morning that the reason many sitting here today, many watching us online, struggle in their prayer life, it's not because no one's ever taught you to pray. It's not because you don't know how to pray. It goes all the way back to your struggling with assurance of your salvation. It's important. That's why I said, this is the confidence. This is the confidence. Verses 13, 14, 15, all are tied together. John wants us to know that confidence in our salvation leads, or assurance in our salvation leads to confidence in our prayer life. But now, let's, let, me, let me run down, let me, before some of you get too carried away here. John says here that we have to pray in the will of God. This doesn't mean, okay, I'm sure of my salvation, so I'm going to ask God for a Ferrari. No. That's not what it means. We pray in the will of God. We pray in the will of God. Listen, I love George Miller. Any of y'all know who George Miller is? George Miller uh, was a man who, who fed thousands and thousands and thousands uh, of orphans that was provided pretty much simply as an answer to prayer. Is basically where he got the food. He said this. He said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of God's willingness. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of God's willingness. What he said, what he's saying is, is prayer isn't trying to get what we want from God, but it's praying we'll get what God wants for us. When we're praying in His will, when we're praying in the name of Christ, we're praying the prayer that Jesus would have prayed if He was in our shoes. That's what John's talking about. And we have confidence in that. Prayer, uh, C.H. Dodd said, Prayer rightly considered is not a device of imploring the sources of God uh, to fulfill our desire, but a means by which our desires may be redirected according to the mind of God and made into channels for His will. You hear what he says? He says praying for the will of God isn't getting God to change His mind, it's letting God change my mind. Confidence in our prayer life. Listen, John says here that as believers, we have two vital possessions. Y'all remember the Andy Griffith show? And my mind went blank. I can't think of the old man's name. But the city wanted to put him out of his house. 
And Andy went out to talk to him. And the old man said, well, I got my box. He says, Andy asked him, he says, don't you have anything you can sell and raise some money? And the old man says, well, I got my valuables box. And he pulls out that old box. And he reaches in, he pulls out, now this here, this is a button off my granddaddy's Civil War uniform. And he goes, I don't know, I don't know, that's, you probably want to hang on to that. And he pulls out, and it seemed like he had some plastic fruit that come off of somebody's hat. Y'all remember the episode? I thought I had my people. You remember he finally come out with the bonds from the Civil War, if you remember the whole story. He come out with his valuables bonds. I want to tell you something. As a child of God, you got two things in your valuable box. Bold assurance. That I can stand one day before God with bold assurance. Not of anything I've done. Not of works lest any man should boast. But because, as we sang a few moments ago, I've been to Jesus. I've been washed in the blood. But until that time, I can approach God with boldness. I don't have to sneak in the back door I can pray boldly because he's my father. You know, I, I might have a little trouble asking somebody else's father for help. You might struggle a little bit asking somebody else's father for help. But I bet you Archie didn't think twice. Pulling up over here on Douglas and walking in and sitting down with his daddy and saying, Daddy, this is what I need. I need help. Didn't bad about this. Why? Because you were sure in your relationship with your daddy. Because you knew that you were winning more. And he was your daddy. And he loved you and you loved him. And you could walk in with bold assurance and ask in confidence. didn't think twice. Why? Because he knew the relationship and it led you to have a bold confidence in asking and talking to your father. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. What is in your valuable thoughts? It starts with that bold assurance. If you're here this morning, if you're joining us online, and you are not completely, thoroughly, absolutely, I know that I know that I know, saved by Jesus Christ, have a relationship with Him, Everything else comes out of that.
I want to invite you to come this morning. You may have made a profession somewhere along the way. You may have been baptized. You may have been baptized until your feet are waterlogged. But you don't really know Christ. Or maybe you do know Christ, but this morning Satan's been able to get you to doubt. And because of that, you don't have boldness in your relationship. You don't have boldness in your conversation with God. You need to come and kneel. You say, oh, if I come down there after that kind of invitation, people are going to talk about me. Who cares? Let them talk. Probably means they need to be down here with you. You want boldness in your relationship. You want confidence in your prayer life. Hand in hand, they go. Most of all, this morning you're here and you say, I don't know Jesus. I don't have any boldness in my relationship because I don't have a relationship. I've never asked Jesus Christ into my heart. Would you come this morning? Let me show you from God's Word how you can be saved today. Father, we thank you for your Word. God, I ask you today to take this simple message, this simple Word of John. God, that your people would have boldness in their relationship with you. They have confidence in their prayer life. God, we need revival in our lives. To get that revival, we need believe that you are bold in their relationship and confident and praying for. God, give us that boldness. Give us that confidence. God, touch hearts here this morning. Bring us to this altar that we commit ourselves to you to that boldness, to that confidence. And we give you honor for all you do. It's in Jesus and I. And as we stand together. Thank you.